Hi, it's Chris Watkin here, and I'm joined by Adam Mackay, who is very well-known estate agent from Hertfordshire in Sawbridgeworth, with his estate agency office of Mackay Property. Um, Adam, thank you for joining me today. You are quite well-known on the estate agency circuit, and I want to find out a bit more about your journey as an estate agent, so the boys and girls out there in estate agency land can learn from your wins, but also your mistakes. Is that okay? Of course, and thank you for inviting me here, Chris. The pleasure is all mine. Um, Adam, how old are you at the moment? 41. 41, you're looking quite well. Good stuff. So when did you first see estate agency? When did you first become an estate agent? When did you see it as a career? It all started in 1993. 1993. I was 13 years old. Okay. Um, my father uh, was an independent mortgage broker um, back in those days. He had a lot of brokers in different agent offices. He was very good friends with a particular agent uh, where most of his you know, needs came from. Um, and I was a bit sick and tired of my uh, paper rounds getting cold in the winter months i tell you what we've all been there haven't we and i said to my dad can i get a job with one of your friends and you know so he lined up a job in a, a you know and i used to get paid seven pounds for a full day's work on a saturday this and is... i'd have to go and do the, the bacon roll one on saturday morning and uh, I'd, get, I'd get a free bacon roll and i thought i'd roll in it and that's where it all started so it was 13 year old basically what stick 93 so you were sticking on photographs sticking on photo- i'd have to go to the photography shop um, I'll never forget my first day, actually, because he sent me down to the, the hardware store to get a, a bag of air for the air conditioner. That was a good one. That, <laughs> that's how it all started. Uh, um, but, yeah, yeah, down to the photography shop, pick up all the photos, and then I'd have, yeah, 1,000, 2,000 sets of details to stick on, stick an envelope, stamps on envelope, and, and post them. Good old days of sticking it, uh, photographs. And the value we used to put, like, six on, and you had to get the right photograph to match up yeah. the right one. The gaps go. Oh, then were the days, eh? Um, a lot's changed. So, apart from having a bacon bat, which, to be honest with you, there isn't that much feelings in life better than a bacon bat. Um, obviously, uh, Michael wouldn't know because he's a he's a vegan who's just been on recently. Your 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 colleague, um, and sticking on photographs. What what did you love about those formative years as a 13, 14 year old? Well, I was very lucky to be. Um Working for a chap who was, he was very passionate. He was he was uh, dynamic. He was he wasn't a typical estate agent. He was you know um, he was hard working um, and he was always looking at the next avenue. He was big into the land and new homes um, and built a company um, plot finding agency which was nation- nationwide. Um, so I was very lucky to be mentored at a young age by a chap you know who partly yeah he liked me because you know I was. You know, I was a son of his, one of his good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so I, I, I sort of fell in love with it because of him. And, and I still keep in touch with him. And, uh, you know, Is he retired now or still working? He's a developer now, nowadays. And he sent me a lovely email last Christmas because he got he was still on our email database and saying that, you know, he's proud of me, which was lovely to hear. But, you know, I saw, you'll remember in the 90s, you was an agent back then, Chris, I believe. Um, there was highs and lows. Um, so... I saw the good times, the bad times. I saw the Christmas where he, you know, was struggling, and I saw the times where he was buying nice cars and going on nice holidays. So, I saw the, you know, the tough side of the agency and the good times. So, did you remain as a Saturday boy through your teenage years then? 
Yeah, so I hadn't sat there a job from that age right until, until I was um, 20. Um, and I so did you go to there. college? So did you stay at Sixth Form College? Did you do your yeah, so Throughout my school years, I was very passionate about, um, I was very artistic. Um, I did drama, um, so I was in shows and amateur athletics, um, and I loved to draw. So I did graphic design at college. Um, so, and there was a moment, there's a sort of a light bulb moment one Saturday when I was looking at all the agents in the office who I got well with, and they were great agents, great negotiators, but none of them knew about marketing. None of them understood that was a bad photograph and the bin should have been moved. Or, and I was seeing things which other people didn't. Um, what age was that? Well, I was about 17 at that stage, yeah. Okay. So you were, you were doing your graphics and your um, amateur matics. And I had a pipe dream of becoming a professional golfer at that stage as well. So. You were into your golf at this point? Yeah. What were you playing off when you were in your teens? I started when I was 16 and I got down to... One very briefly, but played off two and played for the county. And you know, yeah, I realized quite quickly I wasn't going to be a superstar, but um, I did for a moment for a year or two think that maybe I could have been. Okay, so you thought to yourself, you could you'd hope to be a golfer and you were doing the, doing a bit in the estate agents. Yes, yeah, so I did. I worked for some holidays, um, so you could argue uh, maybe I was a bit entrepreneurial. Um, so I'd get paid to do the whole of town. Um, Bishop Stalford, um, leaflet drop in the whole of summer holidays. I worked out quite quickly I was going to spend every day doing that. Uh, the whole, so I got some friends on bikes and we were going around and we'd do it in two weeks. Um, and then I started decorating because I could paint and some of my friends could paint uh, an artistic, you know, um, the estate agent, unless an agent signed the business, they'd have a quote come in and I'd say, oh, I could do better than that. And we'd go and, you know, two bedroom, two up, two down, we'd go and paint it and did that in the summer holidays. So I was around property. And I'll never forget my first viewing. I was probably only 14, um, way off driving. And it's Saturday morning, and you know what it's like. You've got a logistical nightmare. You're trying to get viewings. Someone phones up to move an appointment, and you still want to show them a house. And the boss said to me, he said, I'm going to drop you home now, pick your bike up, and you're going to have to do viewings on your bike today. Um, and, yeah, so that was my first experience showing houses. And, you know, and, uh, what age was that? 14, yeah, 14, yeah. Yeah, so wouldn't get away with it these days, would you? But. <laughs> So when, when, when did the penny drop that you realised that a state agency was for you? What year was that? So I, I trained to be a graphic designer. Um, at that time, I was going to have a year out to see if I could do anything in the golf world and kind of the amateur circuit. So I had jobs, lots of different jobs. Um, doing, worked in a jam factory, yeah. worked in the evening at the airport um, just to help me pay for my, that, that year. And during that year, I was thinking, if it doesn't work out, what am I going to do? Am I going to go into graphic design? And I've been offered three or four jobs when I left graphic you know, um, college. Um, and during that time, I kept in touch and I was doing some work for them, estate agents, and they were going to open up a new office. And then one day, the boss phoned me up and said, look, I'm opening a new office. I'd like you to help open it up. What, you, what do you think? Which and town I, was that? Great Dunbar. Yeah, so it's just outside yeah. Hertfordshire in Essex. Yeah. You're driving at this point? Yep, so I was driving, yeah. yeah. Okay, so what was your, fir what was your first full-time job then at Grand Great Dunmo? Senior neg or...? Yeah, so, well, I was, there was me and the boss, basically. Yeah, so, yeah, so I was a junior, yeah, junior neg, um, and I'd have experience in the property. Um. Okay, so that was around the year 2000? That's correct, yeah. Market was just about to take off? Yeah, so... Happy days? Yeah, so, um, yeah, what... I had some very valuable experience because it was a new new brand in a new town, so I felt like I'd seen, you know, an agency. You know, yeah, although they were, you know, as their second office, it was, um, you know, they were known. But you know, it's not easy opening an office in a new town, is it? Mm -hmm. So you've got to put a lot of groundwork in. There was a lot of leaflet drops, um, but yeah, you know, 
looking back, the, the, you know, the, the, the amount of stock being sold compared to nowadays, you know, it, you know, there's more chances out there. So, but again, you know, there's ups and downs. That you've got, you know, um, so sometimes you have good times, and other times it wasn't so easy. Did you think at that time it was that was going to be your full-time job? You were around the around the age of 2021. 20, I think. Um, yeah, on other interviews, I've heard you interview people, and I think uh, the turning point was when I started valuing. I think. The, what yeah. was your? When, when, what was your? Can you remember your first valuation? Yeah, it was a mobile home actually, um, and uh, which we didn't do a lot of, and they just thought we don't want. How that old one. were you? I was probably twenty-two. 20, so this was around two thousand and two. Yeah, um, and did, did you? Why did? Why did you get asked on that particular one? No one else wanted to do it. There wasn't, yeah. The other, uh, the other valuers didn't want it, so they said you could do that one. So, yeah. so basically, you're still in Great Dunmo. They've it's built just outside up, is in the village, yeah. but they just they've built up. So now it was the boss, a valuer, and you as the neg. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but the valuer didn't want to do it. No, no, because it was a park home. Yeah, and they told me the figure, what they thought it was worth, and they laughed at me. Why did they laugh at you? Because they thought it was about thirty thousand which was almost 50% wrong. <laughs> um, and back in those days... Sorry, hold on. They told you the figure, what it should be. Yeah. But why did you make the decision it was a different figure when you got there? No, no, I told them the figure, which as a company, we sat there in the morning, we thought it should be the last one that sold was this. And the owners thought it was worth a lot more. And they laughed at me and laughed me out of out the, their home. Also, oh, it wasn't your colleagues that laughed at you. No, no, it was, just, it was a vendor. Yeah, so my first experience, yeah, it was a vendor. So what did you? So you said a lower price because that's what everyone else was selling for, and the person, the vendor, laughed at you. Yes. How did that make you feel? Not very good. Um, yeah, well, yeah, my colleagues were very good about it. They were like, "Don't worry about it. You always remember that one when I'm talking about it." We always remember our first <laughs> valuation. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and it has stuck with me, yeah. Um, and it didn't hurt, really hurt, but it was one of those, you know, I didn't do a lot of valuations that year, but the year after, something clicked. And I was having people, I was, I was booking in valuations from doing viewings, and that's where I really found my... How were the other valuers, considering that this young whippersnapper was coming in and taking their bread and butter away from them? To be honest, at that time, I was so focused on my own... Yeah, I, I, I treat... Um, I've treated my job and my career. I've always, yeah, I've always wanted to do my best and do it. Yeah, whatever I was doing, I wanted to be, do the best. If I was creating a set of details. I wanted to be better than anyone else's. Or uh, are you a perfectionist? Was, yeah, too much so sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Viewings, I was like, I want to be the best person in viewing, and I've always been, yeah, yeah. A perfectionist or a person who aims for excellence. Um, do you know the difference? You've you've taught me sometimes like done beats perfect, and I've tried to teach that to me over the last five or six years. But yeah, there's been times, yeah. Yeah, we're on okay. video now. You didn't, didn't you didn't answer the question. Yeah. What Do you know the difference between excellence and perfection? No, but I think I'm a perfectionist, yeah. Okay. Do you beat yourself up? Yes. Are you getting better at it or are you getting worse at it? I, I am getting a little bit better at it. How have you got better at it? Through um, tra yeah, training and yeah, reading and, and I did go through some yeah, counselling as well. So you were starting to value properties in 03, 04, Yep. Market was on fire. Were you loving it? Yeah, market was on fire. We're doing 20, 25 sales a month. Um, that was when 25 grand was a lot of money, but it is now, but it's yeah. still a lot of money then. Yeah, we were. Yeah. You earning well? Um, the early stages, I probably, I probably wasn't um, 
getting paid as much as I probably should have been, if I'm not being honest. Yeah, it did slowly come up. Um, yeah, thinking how much, yeah, the hours I was putting in and the, the, the deals I was putting on the table. But I loved it. Yeah, I was addicted to working hard. And or were you addicted to the listing? Do you know what? I was addicted to helping people, I think. I think I love the feedback. You know, um, it's a bit like when you, you know, when you so you want everyone to love you. Yeah, yeah. When you're going out, going out. You know, when okay. you're young. Okay, so you're a classic estate agent value a disc type, disc yeah, profile I, I type I, that you want everyone to I love you. Everyone, I hate you, all my team to like me. I want the clients okay, to you, like me. You fear rejection. Yeah. The, the standard yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cliche, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> classic D type. Um, uh, I type disc profile. Um, but you took a step out in 2006, didn't you? Yeah, so things were going, really, looking back, things were going really well. And I'd started to earn decent money, actually. Okay. Um, and one of my friends told my parents at the time, actually, why has Adam done that? Like, he's, you know, he's only 24, 25. And, um, and I, I, was, I'd, uh, I was searching for something. I didn't know what I was searching for. And okay. I thought it was something in my career. But actually, I wanted to meet, meet someone. I th yeah, looking back now. Were you, um, you were young, free and single, ready to mingle? Yeah, no, I was, I was party animal. You yeah. know, I'd work hard. Play hard. Yeah, you know, come in on my day off, work six days a week, go out Saturday night. And I knew whoever was a lucky girl was the lucky girl, and yeah. you're a good-looking lad, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and I, and I hadn't found. You a needed. Girl. You yeah. needed the. There were lots of girls, but I hadn't found a girl. Which, you know, you know um, and I didn't realise I was looking for that at the time, um, and I think I just wanted to be. I was ready to settle down and meet someone. And okay, I mean, I, you were 26, 27 at this point. You should be settling down by now, yeah, mate. Yeah, and a good friend of mine um, worked in the city and they'd moved their office over to Gibraltar and I was going over to visit them on holiday um, a lot. Um, you know, on my holidays, I'd go over there and it was Spain, Marbella, and, you know, I thought I could do this. And so I had a little, uh, my boss at the time said, go and get it out of your system, have a sabbatical and go and work over there for a year. And... That was quite good of your boss. Yeah, so he kept my job open and said, yeah, and uh, which was not, yeah, lo yeah, lovely really. Yeah. Did you enjoy Spain? Yeah, it was an expensive holiday. Yeah. <laughs> it was an expensive <laughs> holiday, but I, I actually worked in the finance industry, so um, you know, so I learned to deal with a different type of person, uh, you know, um, and I also learned a lot about the economics. So you know, it taught me a lot. Um, which Th that's helped you in the. Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay, so did you come back in 07? Yep. Yep, so I was just a little over a year. Uh, you know, I was living with my best friend over there. It's the first time I moved out of home. Um, I bought properties in my early 20s, but I'd always rented them out. Um, that's what paid for me to have that time to go out there because I sort of, you know, wasn't employed over there. I was, you know, working for myself. Um, and I came, came back and, and I had one real goal because um, I had a property I still owned. You know, it was rented out and I was like, I want to buy something to make some money and you know, that'll make up for the money I've spent the last year. Mm -hmm. um, and... Just when I stopped looking for love, I think, and uh, yeah, it, it sort of hit me over the head. Yeah, and I, I found my mum, which is now my wife and the mother of my children. You really are batting with her, aren't you? Above, you know. <laughs> You've always said that. Yeah, I know she's <laughs> cracking, lads. Okay, so you went back to work for your older, old boss, yep. yeah? When did that little niggle start in your head that you think to yourself, um, I need to do this for myself? <clears throat> And I, want to, I don't want to talk about the time you actually made the move. I want to talk about the feelings that you had, that niggle. I think at that age, um, when you start out as a young value, definitely, ne you know, definitely back then, you know, before social media was, you know, you know, um, I think and it's, it was a bit more ageist. Um, so I had to think, oh, yeah, you mentioned I look young for 41 now. Back then, I probably didn't look 27, 28. Um, 
And I always, you know, I'd always get that in my first pitch. Oh, I am Adam. Yeah, so I'm here today. Here's my business card. I'm 28. I've got nearly 10 years' experience. I'd get that in early, so yeah, Mr. And Mrs. Bender would know. Um, so, and yeah, you know, I, 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 I mentioned I play golf um, at the golf club. People started coming to me, but their properties were in, near the other office. So I had aspirations of move to move towns. Basically, that that move what? didn't happen. What back to where was the other town? Bishop's Talford, where Bishop's I live Stalford, now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I, yeah, so I wanted to focus my energy around there because I knew I could get listings. Yeah. Um, it didn't happen for whatever reason. You know, that my boss wanted to keep me where, where I was, where the office. You're valuing or managing the place at this point? Uh, I was, um, so I had a t- yeah, so I was, yeah, had a team underneath me and uh, Negs and okay. office admin. Um, yeah, we're mainly sales. Did a little bit of lessing, but we're mainly sales. Okay. But what was the what what did the moment it happened when I got approached by a national uh, agency who want, wanted me to head up uh, another office um, in Sorbadrough, uh, where I'm based now, um, and I had a few meetings with them, and I spoke about my dad, who's yeah, I look up to my dad, and you know, and I was like, well, someone if they can see something in me, maybe we should think about doing it ourselves. So we started having that conversation. Then. What you and your dad? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. Um, when what I say year me was and my this? Dad, it's always been my company. I've had no input from my father at all because even though he could have done, I never wanted. What year was this? That would have been 2009 where it really started, I think. Um, 2009, but the market was going at that point. Yes. Um, and you still employed at this my point? My dad set his business up in a really tough recession. Um, and that's what he was sort of having the conversations. Yeah, you know, it's a good time to start. Everyone else is saying it's a bad time. And so, what year did you start? Two thousand ten. Can you remember handing your notice in? Yes. How did that go? Um, I was petrified actually, because um, he'd been really good to me. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd kept my job open, uh, took me back. Um, Do you think he was expecting it? I think I think so. Yeah, I think deep, you know, deep down he probably knew that. The connection my dad's the financial broker. And Do you think in hindsight he could have done anything better or, or offered you sort of like a partnership or something? I think with me, um, because of the design background I had, and I, yeah, I was... But you didn't even want your father involved in your no, business. No, I was quite, you know, even when I was a young lad, I didn't want anyone to help with my homework. I was quite, you know, I wanted it my way and I had my vision. And, you know, um, so I think he knew. And they did, you know, the... Um, the original boss who I worked with um, back in you know, the 90s had since left and gone on to developing. Um, he he, he come straight away that evening, came and saw me and said, look, let's try to open up another office and you can do your own thing. And I just basically said to him, I said, you know, I'd love to work with you guys and you never know one day we might, um, but I just need to get this out of my system and, and do my own thing. And, yeah, um, are, are, are you pig-headed in some ways? No, something happened, something happened to me in my early 20s where um, my best friend got paralysed, um, which I haven't spoken about, you know, don't speak about a lot, a lot. But, you know, um, that happened in 2000. And I used to think, you know, John's never going to have this, you know, opportunity in life to own his own business or do this. So I've got to do it. For, so I was kind of doing it for him as well. Um, and it gave me that. That happened in my early 20s. It actually gave me that confidence. Uh, like, what, what's the worst going to happen? If I lose my house, I lose my house. If we live in the UK, you'll get a council house. Like, so I, I sort of um, t- trained my brain not to have any fear. Like, this, this is not going to fail. And if it does, it doesn't matter. That's quite a brave thing to do, isn't yeah, it? Um, especially in the recession. I remember being at a petrol station and a leading estate agent um, in the area was behind me. Paying, I was paying for my petrol. And he'd heard I'd had my notices and I was going out on my own. 
and he tapped me on the shoulder and whispered in my ear, you're brave. Um, but moments like that gave me the fire, I think. Um, and another, another agent, local agent, said something to my dad and all that gave fire to my belly. I was like, I'm going to make this work no matter what. Um, well, you did make it work because you're still here. But what were those first few years like in, in 10, 11, 12? I mean, the market was beginning to kick off again quite yeah. nicely. Um, completely different to the last 12 months. Um, sometimes the phone would never ring. You, know, um, you had to make things happen, and it was you know, um, putting the piece of the puzzle, use the date, any, you know, the, the applicants you had registering with you, you had to go and find them something. You know, what, you, good old fashioned estate agency, building chains. <coughs> yeah, God I did. Forbid. Yeah, there was one really good move I made in, in, at the beginning. Um, the agency um, I was working for, they were really good with my commission because I'd built up quite a big pipeline. They were like, yeah, we'll honour the commission uh, ongoing. So I sat down with the bosses and said, look, I'll waive all that. You can keep keep all the money, but how about you just give me some listings to give my website when I first like, go live? And looking back, that was a really good thing to do because you know um, I'd bump into someone in Tesco's and or, you know in the street and they go, oh, he's taken on three or four this week. I hadn't taken a thing on. So although I wasn't going to get paid on any of those. Um, that was a good thing to do in the first few months because I had. What do you mean you weren't going to get paid on them? I'd done it well, not a lot. It wasn't a full fee. So if I if I'd found someone, they was going to give me ten percent of the, the fee. To, yeah, um, and I'd waive my commission. But I, having fifty properties on my website in the first six months, basically both offices agreed to give me twenty five listings to, you know, as extra exposure for their clients. We weren't directly competitors. I didn't open up in a town. Where I'd never wanted to be um, that person who opened up in a town in the same company where I've been working. So I was very brave. I opened up in 2010 in a town I've never worked before. Which was Sawbridgeworth. Sawbridgeworth. Um, my dad was known in the, known in the area for mortgage broker, um, which, which obviously meant that the agents which in that town had been recommending him. Okay. My dad was cutting off them. Do you think you could have done it without having those listings? Probably. From hindsight. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it it's almost like a, sort of like a comfort blanket. Yeah, know? or yeah. like a like a life belt or something. But yeah, but looking back, look, I'd be going, I'd go and play golf. I was young, free and single. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, well, not young, free and single. But no, I was, you weren't young, free and single. I didn't have children, you, so I was playing golf in the evenings while my wife was working and stuff like that. And the, you married at this point? 2012, got married. So okay. I had set the company up in 2010, married 2012, and had our first baby in 2012. Okay. It wasn't a shotgun wedding. We had had a long engagement. Okay, good stuff. That's what I like to see. Okay, so. How was 13, 14, 15, 16 years? So um, 2012, when I was getting married, and more importantly, when I found out I was going to be a dad for the first time, we some, yeah, something really lit inside me. I was like, I've got to, I'm now going to have, yeah, I'm not going to have a mortgage and a wife to pay for now. If my wife was earning, I thought, yeah, my wife's going to stop earning, earning money, and I'm going to have to. And we had a really good quarter. Um, we just started to um, get going. Um, Looking back, we should have probably moved office in 2012, 2011. Uh, we was in a lovely office in the centre of town, but it wasn't on the high street or in a prominent location. Um, so I think yeah, if we'd have moved then, things would have rocketed a bit sooner. Um, but 13, 14, we growth every year. That's when I first, uh, I think 2014, I met you um, through a business coach. And so I entered the world of learning which, yeah, the first four years of the company, it was just work hard being a estate agent. In 2014, when something, you know, um, came across my table, I thought, actually, no, it's got to become a better business person. And you thought this was just going to carry on for the rest of your life, was it? Just happy sailing? <clears throat> was, was it a happy ship? I had ship? quite low goals, actually, um, when I first set up. I thought, oh, I just want to earn X amount. I just want to get to this sort of size. I don't want to take on the world and have 100 offices. Um, I just want to have a nice life. And 
um, you know, I'd seen other companies have too many offices and struggle mm -hmm. and have difficulties and go the wrong way. Um, but then I hit that goal in 2014 and I didn't feel that great about it. And then I was like, well, what next? You know, you know, what was next? Well, it was time to set a new goal um, and, you know, set a new vision for the company. Um, we started using social media at that stage, you know, when other agents were doing it. And we, you know, we started re-evaluating it. And I, I was a bit, for this, until I met you, you know, I'm, not, I'm not here to blow your trumpet, but um, I was a bit lost, really. I was like, I didn't have the full vision of the company or where we're going. But when you, we had those conversations, those days planning next 90 days, and I started seeing a vision of the company, yeah. What was the vision of the company at that point? We, we, want, we wanted to be, at that, before that, we were just another estate agent. Yeah, I I, show, I believe that um, people bought into me um, and people bought into my passion, but I was not offering anything different. If anything, I was offering something less because I didn't have a high street office. Mm -hmm. um, then it was like, we're going to be the best marketeers, you know, we're going to have the best systems um, and use the best marketing and showcase the houses, use professional photography. Um, and then, yeah, in two thousand, yeah, a little later, the video started coming. Let's roll the clock to 2018, 2019. <coughs> I can remember the conversations you had that, if you don't mind me saying, you were almost underselling yourself. Your fees were... Yes. Yeah. And I think that came to addicted... I was, I was addicted to the hard work. I was, I was, you know, I'd always been a grafter all through my life. And believed in if you put the hours in, you'd end up being all okay when you're 70 years old. But... Um, I was underselling myself a lot. You know, you know I look back okay. and doing 70 viewings on a house where you're going to earn a thousand pounds just didn't make financial sense, really. You know. Is that because you said earlier on that you you want everyone to love you? Yeah. yeah. You didn't want to let people down. And yeah, of course they're going to like you if you're doing something for nothing, aren't they? <laughs> but when you look back, you know, think of it like that. So when did you realise that you had to almost charge what you were worth? Yeah, you know, it's when I started working as a business coach, um, talking to the likes of yourself. I think you went with. Uh, and you went uh, and spoke Tom with Perry, but and Perry, Perry Powell. Powell. Now, um, and it really ignited when you know John Paul and Perry Power came into my life, um, and you, you know, and a lot of other independent agents as well. Actually, there's likes of Andy Overman, Michelle Gallagher, met at events. Um, I can name, yeah, there's this Ian Story, yeah, um, there's, there's so many. And like, you've got to, you know, your videos are you know far too good for the 0.75 percent. and we have managed to, yeah, I still think we've got a way to go. Um, Can you remember the first time that you, you put your fees up, minimum fee up? Yes, and it was um, nervous. I thought, yeah, yeah. Now we've made a decision, or I made a decision, that the company wasn't going to charge less than 1% ever. Um, and everyone else was doing 0 0.75, 0 0.5, and yeah. Can you remember the first time that you lost a property when you said 1%? Yes, um, but at that time, yeah, when I looked, the first thing I did when I got back to the office, I looked at the pipeline and looked at the other ones. I thought, yeah, there's no point doing this one for half price. So I turned it, I can remember it was a bungalow um, and a, you know, a corporate agent had done half percent and I'd quoted one percent. And she said, if you match them, you can have a listing. And I turned it down. That must have been hard for you. It was hard because I hadn't been used to saying no at all. I'd been saying yes, yes, yes for years um, and not being... Been a great negotiator and getting a client at the best price, but not been a great negotiator on my fee, which just doesn't make sense, does it? But have you got better at that? Yeah, loads, yeah, lots of money. Yeah, so we've, yeah, does it still hurt when you say no? Yeah, uh, yeah, you still, um, there's part of you think, oh, I could still have that two grand or that, yeah, but 
I think the, the team, um, some of my new members of the team, Daisy in particular, she tells me off if I ever like start think, talking, even talking about, oh, maybe we should do it. You know, it's still four grand or still. She's like, no, no, you know. Um, and that's what I want. Yeah, you know, we want to work together as a team, and, and yeah, as a team, stick to the theme. Interesting. You say the team. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we've had uh, Michael on the sofa, and we're about to have Daisy on the sofa. You have some exceptional staff. I'm very lucky. Yeah. I mean, I've even said that I think I consider Michael in the top five of all employed estate agents I know. Yet also, you've had your challenges as well with staff. Yeah, I'd say um, I wasn't prepared for being... I knew I was a good agent when I set up in 2010. Okay. I knew I cared about the customer. I knew I, 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 knew I was always going to want to learn and grow as an as a agent and, and get better. I wasn't prepared for the pros, the highs and lows of being an employee uh, and, and, and that dealing with awkward situations. I believe I am a nice person, and I, you know, and but and, you're too nice. Yeah, and I, but I think I've been way too nice, yeah, and I don't. I probably avoid the difficult conversations, which is strange because actually, throughout my career, I've never been, I've never shied away from the difficult conversations with a client. I'm quite happy to. Yeah. Okay. yeah um, so, so what's holding you back from the difficult conversations with your with your staff? I think um, colleagues. Sorry, you've got to use the word colleagues now, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's. Because um, I know you had at least two. Yeah, I've had some tricky, I've had some tricky situations. I think it happens in you know every every company, doesn't it? Um, and I think it's um, not. I think deep down, because I like even the one even the staff I've had which are um, problematic or, or difficult or underperforming. Um, I've always liked them, and I, yeah. So I think it's yeah. I, Do you want them still to be? A, can you be a friend and a boss at the same well, time? I don't you can be friendly, but you're not meant to be friends, are you? That's, that's what they say. But I've, I've, I have got a culture in my company where I want us to, yeah, we on our team team day out recently. I want us to have a good, tight knit. Um, but I think something I'm always trying to improve on is to, to be more stru structured and be able to tell okay. someone they're underperforming or need to change okay. or do something differently. But I mean, surely friends, if there's something needs to be said, they say to say it yeah, to exactly, each other, don't yeah. they? And I think um, maybe the ones which have, uh, yeah, they ha I haven't been as close with those people because. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a great yeah, team um, at the you've moment. Got, you've got an exceptional team, um, and I look at the ones which are. Um, You're bloody lucky really, to have them. Really performing. I probably have had more awkward conversations with them over the years than I have the ones which are underperforming, which is strange because I think I feel like I can talk to what them. What are you going to do differently moving forward in case this situation happens again? Well, I'm working with John Paul, and um, we're currently building on a, a, a structure, um, yeah, more um, stringent HR structure, yeah, more routine. What are you doing? I'm, I'm working on the one to ones. I'm going I'm to basically um, have a system in place, and and if someone's not doing the things they should, you know, uh, it's about accountability. It's accountability. Do you know what I think it is, Chris? I don't think I give myself enough time out to plan what I'm going to say. It's just classic on the business, in the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if yeah, once I've once I've got a plan, it's got this new word called delegation, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you've you've helped me with, with scripts to say and stuff, and when I have planned stuff you can direct things in the right direction um, and you can get the result and I really care about my team and you know some of the ones I've which haven't worked out I cared about them and, and you know, still care about them yeah. don't you just yeah, exactly. you, can't, you can't please all the people and, all the time and, that, and that's the trouble yeah and I think lockdown I learned lockdown one uh, when it went into lockdown that taught me a lot uh, to really analyze the business as a whole and I've got to change and you know apart from the, obviously the awful things that have happened because of Covid has it made you a better person better boss <clears throat> 
Um, I think I think so. Yeah. That's it. I'm saying off camera. Has it made him a better boss? Yeah. We just took it off the camera at the moment. I think we've got the best culture we've ever had in the company. Culture's uh, everything, because um, culture eats anything for breakfast. Yeah, um, and I think, you know, I had some troubles in 2018, 2020, partly in the business, partly out of the business, and um, the company went backwards a little bit in 2019. I went on a course with Perry Power and Worcester Guest in 2000, back end of 2019, took Michael, um, who's now you know, the lead value in the company, you know, and that changed, and that, you know, that gave us... Um, Real power to come out of 2020 after lockdown um, with higher fees, better service, and and I'm really lucky that I've employed some great you know, staff since then, um, and we're hopefully going to build onto that into 2022. Any final thoughts to any estate agents out there who are finding it difficult running their own business? I think you don't be afraid to seek um, help. There's the likes of yourself who offer um, free calls while you're on the treadmill at seven to eight in every ah. morning. Um, is that right? Or Thursday mornings? I can't remember that. Every, every weekday morning. <laughs> um, and, you know, you might be the best estate agent, but, you know, if you've, if you've got troubles in the business, everything can be fixed. There's some great books out there as well. Mm. John Paul's got a book. You know, like, you know, there's some great books out there. And, and there's, I think, lockdown, um, especially, you know, in estate agency for me, it was fantastic to see, as a you know, like Stephen Brown, like everyone coming together um, and sharing ideas and you know um, so I felt like you know the industry as a whole came together and, and there's a lot of sharing like so if anyone has got any issues they want yeah just drop me a line and I'm happy to book a call. Adam thank you for your time today I hope you out there in boys and girls in the state agency of Amber found it interesting uh, I wish you well in the future I've got a good feeling about where you're taking the business and I think you know you've had opportunities of expanding but I think the magic thing is this is that you're focused on Sawbridgeworth and Bishop Stortford She's very, very clever. Make yourself the king daddy-o of that. You know, get 20, 30% market share so everything comes to you. You can take the pick and choose of what you want and you'll win. That's the plan. That's the plan. Thank you for your Thanks time. Thanks for your help. Cheers, Chris. <laughs>